Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why are kids so dumb? Why are kids so dumb? Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am a childless Heather B. Armstrong. <laughs> and by the time this episode comes out, I will be like 24 hours away from being a childless John R. Bray. Yeah. Not for as long as you, but for 10 days, which is going to be absolutely marvelous. 10 days without your children. When was the last time that happened for you? The last time I had that much time without, I'm trying to remember because I, I only get this amount of time when he goes to visit his cousin in Georgia and he goes with his his uh, grandparents. And I can't remember if they did that around Christmas or if it was last summer. But in any case, it's been at least six months, probably a year. It's a significant amount of time to spend without having to <laughs> arrange meals. <laughs> oh, my God. Without having to do, it just, it's it's the meals, it's the fact that the house will stay clean, mm-hmm. it's the fact that I only have to drive somewhere if I'd like to drive somewhere, Yeah, it's everything. Like, I, I don't want to eat when he's gone, because then I will really have nothing to clean. Like, I would rather <laughs> just not eat to enjoy a clean kitchen. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's the, it's the little things. It is. It's the little things. I just this second arrived home from dropping my kids off at the airport, where they are flying to New York unaccompanied by me. And I, I didn't realize that until I read your post that this is the first unaccompanied flight. The first. So that's a big deal. And it's a complex issue. It was. It came up in our second mediation because he wanted them to fly alone immediately, and Marlo. Uh, had just turned five or wasn't even five yet. And they do that, right? Like that, the airline will do that? Yeah. Um, and the, the the mediator was a former judge and he's like, I'm going, I am here. My, my job here is to tell you what the court would tell you if you were to take this to court. So you can fight all you want about certain things, but this is what the judge is going to tell you is that what does the airline say? The airline says that you can travel unaccompanied at the age of five. And that was the first time in that mediation. It was the only time in that mediation that I broke down and just started sobbing. I was sobbing. So the mediator's point was, you can fight this, but it's not going to matter. Right. And so he saw how important it was for me um, to be with them until I felt that they were comfortable enough. I mean, there is such a complicated issue because Lita has to take care of Marlo. 
Right. <laughs> and today, like like 20 minutes into the airport, I'm like, if Alita survives today, she deserves a Medal of Honor. Oh, my <laughs> God. And Marlo, is, you need, she needs a lot of attention. And so John gave in in the mediation and basically said that she would need to travel by herself, I think, by, by age seven or eight. But... Even then, I still flew with them to New York to drop them off. But Lita actually begged me this time to do it by herself because she wanted the responsibility and she wanted to feel older. Yeah. I said, do you want to do this? Like, are you prepared to take care of that kid on that four and a half hour flight to New York? And she was like, please, let me do it. Please, please, please. So that saved me a shit ton of money. <laughs> but, but you know, so for anybody who doesn't know, that you actually you have to pay, I believe it was $150 per kid. For them to fly alone? To fly alone. Wow. And the woman at the gate, um, excuse me, the woman, when we checked in, we checked in baggage she was so lovely to us and to the kids and she's like your money goes all the way she's like we will feed them we will clothe them we will follow them to the bathroom and make sure they're okay if if we get diverted we will pay for their hotel room like your money is paying for royal service they will be treated like queens so it's kind of an insurance policy because if if there's no issues with the flight then the money doesn't necessarily go to anything, but if right. there is an issue, then it's obviously going to cost them more than 150 per kid, and you don't pay that. Right, and well, and they you they give them extra attention, so they have these little wristbands um, with numbers on them. <laughs> They're tagged <laughs> like cattle. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and because of the wristbands, the staff knows that they're unaccompanied and they need a little extra attention and they boarded first like they were one of the first to board and all of a sudden like it just happened so fast that the woman took the tickets and then i'm hugging the kids and all all of a sudden it just hit me like a freight train did not i i should have seen it coming you know were there some tears? Oh, I mean, just stupid, <laughs> so, just stupid <laughs> sobbing. Stupid. I was just sobbing, which, of course, everybody's like, you should not do that in front of your children, except that, I mean, it just was uncontrolled. I was, it was unforeseen, and it just suddenly I just started sobbing. And Marla goes, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I don't see any harm in doing that in front of your kids. I mean... Well, like they could both them... be flying to summer camp and you could be still married to their father and you'd probably still cry because they're going away. I mean, that's just yeah, like an emotional reaction. I don't see any harm in that at all. Well, it did. I mean, I think it shows them that, you know, I care. I care quite a bit about missing them. And, you know, I am very excited for them. They They are so excited about camp and this is Lita's favorite thing in the world and she knows. And she hugged me, and she's like, you're going to be okay, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're supposed to wait until the plane takes off to leave. But I like, and I've talked to other parents who have done this, and none of them even, a lot of parents are like, I don't walk them to the gate. Were you kidding me? (laughs) I I ain't got time for that. Oh, wow. But yeah, and, and they, it was, yeah. They're gone. 
I mean, you know, we had this conversation yesterday uh, where they were in the home and I was trying to get some work done and it was complete and absolute fucking chaos in this house. And you sometimes wonder, and I, I will admit this and I don't care if she hears it, but I texted in cowboy and I was like, why are kids so dumb? <laughs> why are kids so dumb i had said to lita please because marlo had a friend over and i had to do a radio interview which means it's like taped and there every sound is on you know it's not just an interview for a newspaper and i said okay you guys have to be quiet and so i went upstairs and i said lita can you make sure that they are quiet and she's like oh yeah i totally tell you well they were late calling me and at that point, Marlo and her friend had come into the home. They had been outside. And I went up to Lita and I point to the phone that's next to my ear. I was wildly gesticulating and I go into the, the quietest place in the house is my bedroom, our bedroom. So I go into the bedroom. I shut the door. All of a sudden, the door opens while I'm talking about my book to a radio host and the dog comes in. And starts barking at a at a bird outside the window. And I look out and Lita is standing there and she's like, she's like, what? What do you need? Like, why are you, what, what, what's going on? And I was like, wow. <laughs> it had the opposite effect that you were hoping. <laughs> and I was trying to keep my train of thought with the radio host while getting the dog out of the room and I looked at her and I pointed to Marlo's room and I just kept pointing and she still kept shrugging her shoulders so I just shut the door at that point and gave up when they're when they're home from school especially it just doesn't stop no but it's it's those little things I mean I know that I've mentioned this before but I have this rule with Lexton that he only can call if it's an emergency and that rule, it doesn't apply as rigidly like during non-work hours, but during work hours, you only call for an emergency. So if I'm in a meeting and I get a phone call, I will interrupt that meeting because clearly there's an emergency, except that has never happened. It's always just a phone call. And the last time it happened, I answered and I just said, is this an emergency? And he just really casually, he's like, oh, no, it's not. And I hung up. <laughs> I'm no longer going to complete these conversations <laughs> if you're not going to follow the basic rule. Because as a, even though now like it happens so often that I'm reasonably sure it's not an emergency, I mm -hmm. answer because there's that, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe this is the call. Right. where he's out biking and got hit by a car. Like something happened. Mm -hmm. And I never want that to be the case, but I also don't want the casual phone call. Like, can I be gone an extra 20 minutes? I'm like, oh my God, send me a text. And oh, just last week he texted me and gave me, I looked, 30 seconds and then called. And I said, you're supposed to text. He's like, well, I did, but you didn't answer. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Jesus, you've got to give me some time. Uh, uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I will miss him, but I will not miss that. Yeah. I mean, I know that when they're gone and then they come back, 
Like within a day, it'll be like, oh, oh God, oh God, here it goes again, right? (laughs) Here it goes again. But just sending them off alone and the absence of them in general, just knowing that they're not around is hard. Right. I think it's, it's, I mean, the phys- the physicality of, of taking care of children is not necessarily the most enjoyable part of it. Um, but I think having them around or knowing they're near is, there, there's a certain comfort there when you become a parent because that's what you've dedicated your life to. Right. And so when that, when, that absence hits it's like okay this thing that i dedicated my life to wait 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 a minute wait a minute where is my identity right now (laughs) my identity is floating in the ether um but they're gonna have a great time and i'm i stopped crying (laughs) for now for now i stopped yeah did not listen to any of the national so i'm very proud of myself very nice yeah. And now you have a, a little bit of, I mean, I'll use this expression anyway. You have breathing room before your trip. I mean, I know it's going to be filled with I leave tomorrow. Of yeah, but you've got like a whole 12 hours. Yeah. So it's well, plenty of time. We didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't rolled my foot the last time we talked. Or, yeah. You had not. That was just a couple of days after our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um we went to see some friends up at the Snowbird Ski Resort, and we were supposed to stay over the night, but so I packed these two huge bags, but then at the last minute, Cowboy decided that he wanted to go home, and when we left the building, it was pitch black. There were no lights out. I couldn't see, <laughs> and he's a fast walker. <laughs> he is a fast walker. He's a very fast walker, and I like stopped him, and I'm like, can you please... Stop, stop. Well, I can't see anything. So he comes back to like grab my arm and we walk very quickly. And I stepped into a hole that I did not see and rolled my whole foot and ripped the my favorite pair of jeans on the left knee. And uh, as the night progressed, the swelling got worse and worse and worse and worse. And I was not proud of the screaming that I was doing, but it was not a uh, thing I could control. (laughs) It was really, 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 really painful. It's better today. It's much better. That's good. Because you got a lot of walking over the next several weeks. Well, yeah, it just so happened that, you know, my favorite place in the world to walk. Um... (laughs) Uh, it's a little, it's still a little black and blue, but, uh, <laughs> I'm icing it and taking a lot of ibuprofen and my mom is praying for me. So. Well, then we know it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Mostly from the prayer. <laughs> Mostly from the prayer. Yeah. So wow. I will be in Paris with a ankle compression situation going on i can't go to the doctor because that would cost too much money oh yeah what they would do is they would say well then do this because that you can't really do anything and so i'm already doing all of that so right whatever yeah i mean they're not gonna you can buy a brace and take ibuprofen Mm -hmm. or you can go and have them tell you to do those things Mm -hmm. for a fee (laughs) so you know which we both recognize is a terrible approach to health (laughs) but it is kind of the reality in some situations. Yeah, when you when you start to get these injuries, where you're like, okay, so if it's a toe, 
And sometimes if it's a finger, if it's a foot, if it's certain parts of your body, they're going to tell you certain things that you already know. Right. So why go pay the copay and then pay for the $250 x-rays and then... Right. That's like when I crushed my finger in the garage door, I didn't do anything about it. (laughs) Right. Because I knew they weren't going to do anything. You know? I really don't need an x-ray of my middle finger (laughs) to tell me that I crushed it in a garage door. So you just let things go. Two months later, my fingernail fell off and now everything is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Still partially deformed, but seems to be all right. You know. Mm-hmm. And there we are. There we are. Yeah, yeah. Here, we are. here we are. You are going to have 10 days. I've got seven weeks without them. It's going to be great. <laughs> we can just casually transition into our semi-topic. Our semi-topic. With all that time, we're going to have more time to spend with friends. More time, to, yes, more time to spend with friends. Um, Which is a rarity, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, I had to rearrange some things to go to Snowbird on Friday night to spend time with his friends because you have, you know, certain other obligations, especially with kids. And so making that time is, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to... I mean, it's just, I think because making that time is hard, it's hard to maintain friendships sometimes as an adult. And it's like, it's really hard to make them, I think. Yeah. It's kind of like dating. (laughs) Like there's just not, there aren't like places to go where you just meet friends. I mean, I still, when, when Lexton was in elementary school, it was always great because he would come home every day with a new best friend. Like they just, they just became friends in one day and it was a normal mm-hmm. thing because that's how kids are. Yeah. I mean, even all the way like into high school, you can kind of fairly easily make new friends and then you become an adult and that stops. Yeah. That was one of the things I lamented about my depression, especially because I was so busy and working with the, you know, with two kids. Like I didn't have time to maintain uh, or go to coffee or get lunch or, you know, show up when I need to show up. And I felt terrible about it. And I know people will say, well, you, if you had really cared, you would have made the time. But in the midst of a depression like that, when you you look at that dishwasher and think that dishwasher is going to get up and, you know, kill me, um, it's, it's really difficult. Right. And even if you're not in a depression, making time for lunch or dinner or hanging out is hard. Right. And it gets yeah. easier as the kids get older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. And um, uh, I actually, you know, I've had a friend now for, oh, God, six or seven years, and she's the mother of Marla's best friend. And she and I have gotten really close lately. And, uh, you know, um, I was even over there last night because um, uh, she gave Marlo a, or Marlo stole, (laughs) Marlo stole a David Bowie shirt from their house. Oh my gosh. Marlo, Marlo's favorite thing in the world is David Bowie. And her name is Piper. Piper had cut this shirt up from, it was from di 
And it was so cute. It was just like a rock and roll t-shirt. And I was like, you know, I want, I want some of those in my wardrobe. And she's like, oh, we'll just go to DI. And DI is basically, um, what is it? Goodwill. Okay. It's the Mormon Goodwill. And she's like, we'll go to DI. We'll buy some shirts. We'll cut them up for you. You can take them to Paris. Well, <laughs> Cowboy was looking for a, a t-shirt because that's what he wears. He was looking for a specific t-shirt in his drawer and he couldn't find it because there's like 150 t-shirts in there. <laughs> So he starts going through these t-shirts and he's like, I'm just going to give this away, give this away, give this away. There are like, there's like Atari t-shirts and like pixelated t-shirts and Sting t-shirts and Pink Floyd t-shirts. And I'm like, no, 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 give them to me, give them to me, give them to me. So I stole all of these geeky t-shirts that he had and I took them over to Piper's last night and she and I spent some time together and she cut them up for me. You know her because Marlo became friends with her daughter? Uh, I know her because of my other friend, Stacia. Okay. And, yeah. And we've just, you know, I've gotten to really know her over the last year and come to adore her when it, it was one of those friendships that you think is not going to be intimate, and then it becomes intimate in the sense that I, this person, I really, really, really enjoy being around this person. And she's she's not judgmental, and she's extremely attentive, is constantly helping me. She's like, bring Marlo over, and we'll take care of her since you're going through this. That's rare. Like It's rare. It's just a rare – it's rare to establish that when you did. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, it's so difficult to do. And I, I – sim not, not for six years, but last fall – uh, I became friends with someone who's become a really close friend of mine, a guy named Eric. And in some ways we come from very different walks, but in other ways our stories are alarmingly similar. And it's just one of those, like, it just happened. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, oh my God, I have a friend. Like a new, and, I <laughs> and I feel like... It, it, I had this moment where I felt like a tween. I'm like, this is, I don't need to like be this way, but it was so exciting to realize like I actually have a friend and, and he doesn't have kids. So it's a very different current walk of life. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing to realize that like, it's still possible as an adult to meet new people and develop new friendships because it feels impossible. It, it does feel impossible. It feels impossible, too, with the different way that uh, people text. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, some people expect a response immediately. And sometimes you can't give that. Um, and that hurts that person's feelings. Or you text that person and that person never texts you back. That hurts right. my feelings. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, the, the biggest challenge that I have with, with some friends is I'll have a tendency to basically abandon a text conversation because if I'm texting, that's not the, like the number one priority in front of me. So if something in real life occurs, the phone goes down. Uh-huh. And I do that thing, which means then I could get distracted and it's two hours right. later. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about this conversation. 
Right. And they, they get really offended or, or read that as, well, the last text I sent, you must not have liked. So, yeah. and that's really obnoxious. <laughs> and I'm tired of explaining why that happens. So it's really nice when someone else, like I'll text them and then 14 hours later you get a response as if no time had passed. Yeah. Because that's sometimes how conversations need to happen. Yeah, there's too much life going on. So I've talked to you. Did you meet Marshall? I don't think you did. No, you didn't I have meet not. Marshall. So I have a friend named Marshall that I've known for many, many years online. And we re- we reconnected over the last couple of years, actually. He, he was reading me and he saw that I was going to Paris. And he lived in Paris in the 70s. And so he like sent me an email about all these places I should go. And then we started talking a little bit and he lives in Toronto and he we hung out in Toronto. I remember. Um, okay. I guess I didn't realize how you had reconnected, but that Paris, like the Paris suggestions, I remember when you mentioned that. Yeah. Put the two yeah. and two together. Yeah. He was the one who did, who gave me all of the suggestions about it. And he will, he will readily admit that <laughs> he's like, I don't have kids. You know, I don't have the responsibility. I don't have the piano lessons. And so he can sit down and he can write, you know, a thousand word email to me that I can't respond to for many, 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 many days. Many days. (laughs) Or he'll text me and then I won't text back because I'm in the middle of whatever crisis. And then he'll go, dude, what's going on? I'm like, I am taking care of children. (laughs) He's like, got it, got it. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's also, like, um, I've always really connected with men in a friendship way. I'm, you know, I have a lot of male friends. And having a partner who is okay with that is interesting. Because some aren't. Some are. Some are and aren't, you know. Kind of depend. Uh, like, like, well, I'm okay with this friend, but not this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same, but I like most of my friends are women. That's mm-hmm. just how it's always been. Yeah. And it is an interesting dynamic. It, like in, when I was in Los Angeles, all of my friends were men that I had dated. I just stayed friends with them after. And ah. um, so when John came into my life, he did not understand that at all. That was very confusing to him. Like a, a point of contention, like yes. So it was not just confusing, but it was a, it was an issue. It, it was an issue. Like, why are you still talking to these people? You're not dating them anymore. And I was like, well, I spent you know, three or four months of my life with them intimately, and I know them, and we know everything about each other, and we're still friendly. Like we still get along. We don't have sex anymore, <laughs> right? But, but we, but, but we like hanging out and talking. And one of them lived down the hall, and he was really, really uncomfortable with that. But yeah, that's just always been a trait of mine: is to stay, try to stay friends with the people that I've dated. That hasn't always worked. I understand why. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just not. Well, sometimes it's not possible and sometimes it's just not necessary. <laughs> exactly. Like you just don't feel 
Not not that there's maybe even any animosity, but you just don't feel compelled to maintain that. Yeah. Right. Other times you have kids with those people and you just end up staying friends forever. Yeah. I mean, I even say today, you know, John and I have come such a long way and he and I, I texted him right as I put the kids on the plane and told him that, you know, I was sobbing, that I was, I was really overcome with emotion. And he's like, hang in there. I'm, I know it's hard. Like he was giving me words of encouragement, John. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we, we really worked hard to make this trip work and to get, you know, all, all of our supplies. And we really worked together. And that's I think that's an amazing accomplishment on both of our parts to come this far. Oh, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was just I was just out to dinner last night with Heather and Lexton. Were you really? For no reason. Like it was just a just a dinner. She stopped by to see Lexton and she's like, Oh, we should go out to dinner. I'm like, what what? Like the <laughs> two of you? Because that's fine if you want to do that. And and I know I've said this before, but it's like we, we ended up going out and it was it was fine. The food was good, conversation like everything was Everything was good, which makes it weird, almost. Makes it weird, almost, yeah. It's like, is this supposed to be like this? Because we were supposed to hate each other forever. Exactly. And I know, like, especially because there's a kid at the table, like, everybody in there, they're like, oh, it's a family. Because that's that's what it looks like. And we Mm -hmm. get along well enough that it's not like this really awkward situation. Yeah. And I, there are just, there's certain times where I feel like it would, this is weird, but it would feel more normal if we hated each other, but we don't (laughs) and everything is okay. And it's just, sometimes it seems kind of surreal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. To have this ability to talk to him and laugh about certain things that our kids do and not have him hold it against me or me hold it against him, it's just who our kids are. Instead of us going, oh, well, she's that way because of you. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's just who that kid is. Right. We can, right. We can both laugh about it. Or make those comments like, you know, he's obviously your son because look at what he just did. <laughs> exactly. And she'll respond to me like, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely because of me. Yeah. Well, and I, I even texted him and I said, uh, yeah, if Lita survives today, she should get a Medal of Honor. And he laughed and he's like, I can only imagine what she's going to go through with that kid. 
Um, and we can both laugh about that because we both understand that Marlowe is a handful. Right. Yeah, it, it, friendships uh, as as a as a with kids. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of texting, um, a lot of email, but the in person time is very limited, just because of the logistics of taking care of kids. Right. Well, one thing that's been interesting on my end is so, so most most of the people in in Eric's circle, in fact, all of them, I think, just about are are childless, and they're a few years younger than me, which I think is part of it. But some of them have just decided not to have kids. But what's been interesting is because Lexton is is older; he's not a little kid. There have been a couple times where there's been things going on, and. Lexton gets invited to go. I'm like, no, you guys don't have to, you don't have to do that. He can hang out. And they're like, no, he's a cool kid. He can come. <laughs> and he's just sort of welcomed in as, as part of the event. And I think that's not common. Yeah. I, I think that Marlo having a relationship with Piper's daughter has really forged what she and I have together because we are, constantly having to sort of like you know pick up the kids drop off the kids and when we do she'll stay over for you know 20 minutes or I'll stay over for 30 minutes and that extends that in-person time and it helps that our kids like each other so much right yeah so well I think too it it like it helps that your kids like each other so much so you guys are able to spend time. And then I think from, from their perspective, from your kid's perspective, they're like, oh, they really they really get along and like each other. And I feel like that kind of strengthens their relationship. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. This is... <laughs> well, and we've talked, I think, before. You hit a point, and it's not really an issue when they're like Lexton and Lita's age, but when they're Marlo's age and younger it's kind of important that you like the parents, at least in some capacity, because you're forced mm-hmm. to have that interaction. Yes. And sometimes you end up like, I, I remember friends that Lexton has had, and I really liked their parents and the kids were dicks. And that's really <laughs> unfortunate. But then there's been other instances where the kids are great and, and the parent there's nothing wrong with the parents, but, you just realize like at that first drop off or pickup, like we have nothing in common. <laughs> and beyond these five minutes, there's no conversation to be had. And that's also hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It's hard at that age. Right. Um, so hard. Oh man. Uh, and you're still there. <laughs> so a couple of funny stories really quickly. Uh, I think, did we talk about this? Marlo's birthday was the day that we got home from Chicago. And, yes, her actual th- birthday, but then the party was the birthday. next day, right? The party was the next day. And then I, did we talk about the um, suitcase um, game? I don't think so. I feel like we should have talked about the party, but I don't remember talking about that. Yeah, so so Piper actually came over. Piper is a like a party mom. Piper is the mom who like crafts and plays board games and would sit down and play blocks with her kids right okay 
<laughs> sound sound effects and all. I am not that mom. Right. I'm just like, oh, entertain yourself. I love you. I will comfort you. I will sing to you at night. But I am not going to play a game. Sorry. I don't do games. And she came over during the party and she had, it's called the suitcase game where you stuff a suitcase with all of this weird clothing or any kind of item and the kids sort of pass the suitcase around and it's like musical chairs. And once the person, when she stops the music, that kid has to reach into the suitcase and pull it out and put it, the thing on, on themselves in some capacity. Okay. So by the end, you know, everybody's dressed in really, really, really weird, funny ways. And it's fun for the kids that age. And there was this boy that was here, one of Marlo's favorite people in the world. And the first thing he pulled out was um, shoulder pads. Okay. Like um, football shoulder pads. And then the second thing he pulled out was elbow pads. <laughs> and the third thing he pulled out was knee pads. And he, he's like, is there anything as too safe? I mean, this is really safe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's like, I just, I just feel like I'm like, I'm not doing anything like weird here. Like, I need to do something weird. This feels too safe. <laughs> It's pretty and when awesome. I told when I told his mom that she was just laughing hysterically and it was like, okay, she and I can get along. But like Piper, you know, brought that to the party and Piper brought that to, you know, she was like, I'm sure Heather needs some help here with this. Heather's not good with the kids. Um, and what was funny about it is I've been wearing, there's this company out of LA called Hot as Hell and they sell... It's sort of like lingerie wear, but it's you can wear it without, you know, you can wear it by itself. It's funny because I'm confident enough now to wear it, and I'm fine wearing it. Uh, John did make a comment to Lita about it. He and, made a comment about the top you were wearing. Mm-hmm. Well, he <laughs> said that he said that your mother is making some questionable wardrobe choices. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And so, and the only reason, honestly, I'm just going to go here. I'm just going to go here. We're going to go here on this podcast today. E explicit. The only reason that I can get away with wearing this is that I am not a very well-endowed woman, right? I am not a well-endowed woman. A well-endowed woman would not be able to get away with wearing these things. And Piper was, Piper was in, in her daughter Sloan were sitting on the porch and we were talking about this and I was wearing one of these things and she was like, I love that topic. Where did you get it? And Sloan interrupts her and says, no, you, you don't get to wear that mom. Heather can wear that, but you don't get to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, let's go try it on Piper. And Piper is very well endowed, beautifully, very beautifully well endowed. And she tried it on. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, just take me out and, like, put me on the street and, like, <laughs> oh, God. pay me for sex. <laughs> oh, God. She just, like, a certain body type probably wouldn't be able to wear these things. So I thought that was funny that her daughter was, like, comfortable enough in front of me to go, she can wear it, but not you, Mom. <laughs> To not only, like, identify that, but just come right out with it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. The, co- the comment from John is, 
He's kind of funny. Well, I mean, he he was very uncomfortable with a dress that Lita had chosen from H&M. She wore a dress to a dance last fall, and then she bought basically the same dress in a different color a few weeks ago. And she tried it on, and guess what? Um, your daughter is 15 and a half years old. And guess what? Um, your daughter is not shaped at all like her mother. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Lita routinely comes into the room and I have to turn around and walk around the house for a minute. Yeah. It's weird to say that about your own child. It really, really is. But I think if you had a daughter and this was happening to your daughter, you would have the same reaction, right? Oh, yeah, probably. I don't even know. Yeah, I can't imagine raising a daughter, especially as a single single dad. I mean, like, my mom was sitting there one day, and Lita came downstairs wearing a specific shirt that she wears, and my mom almost fell off the couch. Like, she looked at me, and she's like, what is going on? I'm like, I know. I mean, who thought that Heather Hamilton was going to have this kid? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. And John has suddenly, you know, he's been spending a lot of time with her lately. And he's like, oh, wow. Like, my kid is now, like... And not only that, she's been really sarcastic around him. Okay. Because that's her personality. And he's just like, is she like this all the time? I'm like, she's like this all the time. So be prepared. And so he's getting used to the fact that his daughter is now... No longer a baby. Well, she's a young woman. She is a young woman, and she is a very beautiful young woman. And so she bought this dress, and he was like, "Um, yeah, probably not going to work. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. And for me, as long as she's not showing a butt cheek, and as long as she's not showing a nipple. (laughs) I think you're good. That's the rule, the no butt cheek rule? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I grew up Mormon, and so there was a huge dress code about growing up Mormon, and BYU has a very strict dress code. And for me, it's like, do you feel good in what you're wearing? Does it make you feel good? Then there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as you aren't showing a butt cheek or a nipple or, like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want so be- many of those... Maybe not in the Mormon church, but like so many of those standards or dress codes are because it will look a certain way to men. Yeah. Which is a load of shit. Mm hmm. And I mean, that's, it's still like, that's the thing they talk about. Like, well, she was asking for it with how she dressed or while she had this on. If you can't get control of your own fucking body, that's your own problem. Right. It has nothing to do with the shirt or the dress or even if there is a butt cheek hanging out. Like, <laughs> doesn't give you the right to, like, smack it or make a comment or do anything. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just it doesn't. insane to me. I know. And the only reason that I even make that distinction is just because it's like, I really don't want somebody to come up and smack you on your butt. Right. right. Yeah. And I, she was trying on clothes yesterday and for camp. And she's like, is this too revealing? And I said, how do you feel? And she goes, I love it. And I said, that's all that matters. Do you, if you love, if you love the way that you feel and what you're wearing, I want you to wear it. 
as a woman, like that is such an important message for women. Um, yeah. As long as she's not spending all day wearing it, worried that it's too revealing, Mm -hmm. then yeah. I mean, if she likes it, then do it. Yeah. And I'm making some questionable wardrobe wardrobe choices. (laughs) That's pretty great. Which is fine. Like, again, he and I have come a very long way and I can totally see he, and I can say this and he's going to laugh if he hears it. Um, he, he has a very puritanical streak in, inside of him and that comes out sometimes. So. And it is, it's weird too, though. I mean, it's weird watching your kids turn into young adults. Yes. And I think it's weird watching your kids if they're the opposite sex. And then it's further compounded by the fact that he's not around them every day. Right. So, so it's like all of a sudden up. he shows up. It's like, oh my God, what happened to the eight-year-old that is still in my head? Yeah. He sh- well, like even between, even between like, I think he saw them. Oh God. He, I mean, he may have seen them like early fall between seeing her in early fall and seeing her at Christmas. There was a complete change. And I cannot imagine what went through his head when he saw her get off that plane and like walk into his home looking the way that she did. Right. Like there was a change. There was a very significant change. And mind you, Lita doesn't wear makeup. She does minimal stuff to her hair. Like it's all just the fact that my child is now a woman. Yeah. And, um, wow. Wow. Yeah. And we had this argument. He and I were arguing. It was it was hysterical. I was like, this is not me. He goes, yes, it is you. I'm like, no, it's not me. Look at me. He goes, well, my family isn't like this. And I said, <laughs> well, well, your sisters. He goes, my sisters are not like that. Well, look, look at your mom. Look at your sister. And I'm like, well, you have a point. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Lexon has a friend who's, I mean, his age, so like 15 and... And I, I've known her for most of her life. They met when they were in like kindergarten or first grade. And actually her parents are some of those parents where I realized immediately we have nothing in common. But they were very nice people. And they kind of went their own ways, I think, in middle school because they weren't in the same classes and whatever. So I haven't seen her in quite a while. And I saw her and her... She's got, I don't, I don't know anything about women's hairstyles, but like a side of her head is like shaved really short yeah. and the hair from the other side is over and it's, she used to have long hair and now the rest of the hair is cut short uh-huh. and she's suddenly a woman and they got together and they were doing something and I texted Heather because she had seen her recently. It was like, what <laughs> is going on? And with, within 10 seconds, she's like, oh my God, I know. It's weird. Yeah, it's, this is, I still see her as like a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. And now she's like five, six, five, eight, like got this, not, not crazy, but for what it, what it used to be, like a crazier hairstyle. And she's a young woman and it's just, it's weird. And it's, it's even more weird to have a teenage boy who's like, doesn't, <laughs> like, doesn't even, doesn't even phase him. I know. Like, do you not realize that she's like stunning and still wants to spend time with you? 
You don't. You have you have no idea. He has no idea. The, no, boys don't have any idea. They don't. No. Most of them don't. Clueless. No. They yeah. realize it way later. <laughs> which which is honestly probably a good thing in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I I don't know. I mean, I I'm glad I have girls and I I can help her understand certain moods and and whatnot and I can help her with tampons. Um, you know. <sighs> I just said that tampons. Um, I know that I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some email about the diva cup, but I'm just haven't been able to go there yet. Um, that's a different, that's a different conversation. That's a different episode. We'll have a whole episode focused just on that. It'd be great. And and we did divert from friendships, but it does go back. Like (laughs) We, we divert all the time. I, we, yeah, we did. I did. I well because of the wardrobe choice. Um, yes. But I like my big thing, and this is what I love about her, is that she, um, she loves her body. She really does. Like she's super, super comfortable in her body, and um, loves you know the clothes that she like. She's very particular about her clothes. And I'm fine with that. Like whatever she will, if she will wear it, I will, I will buy it for her. And I love that she feels that way because I did not, I did not at all. And that was a combination of some things that were said during my childhood and a combination, you know, the fact that I weighed, you know, 25 pounds soaking wet and the hot thing in the eighties and nineties was to be well endowed. So the fact that she feels comfortable in her body for me is like one of the best accomplishments, at least so far, that I feel about parenthood. Um, I think that's I, I huge. Wa- yeah, I want, and I want her to, con- to continue to feel that way. And I keep, I keep re- reiterating to her, if you feel comfortable and you feel good in it, I am all for it. I am all for it. And maybe that's because I was raised the opposite way, where I had to hide everything. I don't know. Okay. Could be. <laughs> but I think, I mean, especially for a girl, like, to have that just natural, not not natural, but just to to be at her age and feel that way. Yeah. Without Without it being, I don't even know the right word to use, but without her being, like, snobby is not the right word but you know what i mean like without having an attitude about it but just being comfortable Mm -hmm. i think that's awesome and not like pinching her stomach or like looking at her thighs or this is what girls do girls pinch their stomach and girls pinch their thighs and they pinch their legs and they're like well what about this or what about this or what about this like that is not something she's ever engaged in at all um girls sit around and like completely like make fun of their bodies by pinching themselves and going, look, look at this excess stuff, right? That's what, you know, most of me and my friends did growing up, and she has never participated in that behavior. And so, yeah. I'm, so you I'm can happy. keep making those questionable fashion choices <laughs> because you're doing something right with her. Well, we, I, I did say this because I was sitting next to her wearing one of these tops, And I said, I know that your dad told you that, you know, this is a questionable wardrobe choice. And she just sort of laughed in a weird way. And I said, does this upset you? And she goes, 
No, it upsets me that he has an opinion about what you're wearing. It upsets me that somebody has an opinion about or would make a judgment call on what you're wearing. Like, why? Like, she's like, you look great. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, and like, we have that rapport with each other. And right. so. Um, but even, I mean, even if she didn't like it, I feel like you're raising her to the point where she could recognize that you like it and you're comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And this doesn't. And you, you didn't. You didn't have a butt cheek hanging out, so it worked out. <laughs> well, does is this even a thing with boys? I don't know. I mean, is there something that a boy could wear that would be questionable? I don't know. I guess I, maybe if maybe if it was a. I, I don't know. The only thing that I can really like look to for that is that I remember the dress code at my high school. I mean, there were tons of rules for the girls with length of shorts and length of skirts and like tube tops and whatever. But the only rules that applied to boys were shirts with questionable graphics. And that was it. And wow. that's pretty damn easy to avoid. Yeah. And the questionable graphics was, it was, there was a big gray area. <laughs> so I can't think of anything that I, I don't know. I mean, but yeah. mo most of those restrictions are designed to restrict what women wear. Mm -hmm. It's not, they're not designed to restrict what men wear at all. Yeah. Welcome to the world. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but again, I can't even imagine navigating that landscape. Mm-mm. And imagine navigating that landscape when you haven't seen your daughter for over four months and all of a sudden she shows up and you're like, what oh, yeah. happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you've got Marlo with the mismatched socks. That's perfect. <laughs> Who's Who seriously every day is just like, I'm a lesbian. 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 It's good. Okay. It's awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Oh man, two yeah, drastically different kids that still get along really well. Yeah, yeah, and they are flying by themselves right now on that plane. So there like, they go, literally in the air as we're talking. Mm hmm. And you, our next episode, I will be in Paris. You will, and I will be most likely home, but childless. So, and we can work around that because I can work like I'm gonna go to Paris and I'm gonna sleep for a long time. Yeah, so you'll wake up and record and you can go back to bed. Yeah, exactly. But it's awesome. it'll be awesome to continue because I think the last couple of years we've taken that we've taken like five or six weeks off. Yeah, it, what's interesting, and, and also I'm packing the podcasting equipment. I'm trying to make it as light as possible, but. The only thing that I'm worried about. No, it's not the only thing. So I'm going to be able to get the luggage into the airport. That's going to be fine. I'll be able to get the luggage out of the airport. Getting the luggage up the winding staircase of three flights of wooden stairs that are over 200 years old. Um, and podcasting equipment is not light. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm going to have to... Um, 
take some extra money and pay the driver to help me up the stairs with my suitcases because they're going to be super, 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 super heavy. And your foot. Uh, and my that's Yeah, it's my foot because going up and down stairs is the only thing that's really causing me a lot of problems right now. Um, so that and Trump threatening the Ayatollah Khomeini. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's that. <laughs> different discussion oh, yeah. anyway yeah so um yeah i'll be in paris and um yeah eating bread eating bread drinking good good wine oh and there's a there's a heat wave guess what it's gonna be 100 degrees in france when i get there <laughs> oh yeah there's no air conditioning anywhere yeah <laughs> well that'll be an adventure <laughs> wow it'll be fine i'll oh, be yeah. fine it'll be great and and time away from the kids is is gonna be amazing for both of us it's it's a re it is a restorative process yes 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 it is it is a restorative process and if any of you have suggestions you know how we can use this time or you want to talk about friendships as an adult or letting an ass cheek show you can always email us at stories at manicramblings.com or you can find us on social media twitter facebook and instagram at manic ramblings and you can find us on patreon patreon.com slash manic ramblings though that's probably not the best place to leave a comment so you're better off with social or email i would love to hear your stories about raising teenage girls about all of it that's what I really, 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 really wish there was a site dedicated to these types of stories for me so that I could read and commiserate with other women who are dealing with teenage girls. Uh, anyway, I think we've said that before. Anyway, until next time, if you are making questionable wardrobe choices, <laughs> do you feel comfortable in what you're wearing? And just and do the butt cheek check. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.